3-0 Thunderbirds as Matea Fisher backhands the bouncing puck past Roberts. Hey everybody, we're back. It's Jacob, Eric, Jake, and Liz here. Coming to you guys from UBC's Point Grey campus. Broadcasting from the unceded and ancestral grounds of the Musqueam people. You're listening to CITR 101.9 with 2018's first edition of Thunderbird Eye. Always keep you up to date with the latest UBC sports news, standings, and stories. Thank you guys for tuning in and welcome back. This past week was the restarting of regular seasons for both hockey and volleyball, where we saw some of the UBC teams have a bit of a difficult time shaking off the holiday rush, holiday rust. Basketball is set to start this upcoming weekend, but over the holiday break, the teams went to Las Vegas and Cuba to play some tournament and exhibition basketball. Yeah, well, there were no games played over the winter break, but... Uh... UBC gained three points in the conference, and uh, or three places in the conference, and uh, now sit fourth in a playoff spot. Um, over the winter break, the University of Calgary were found to have fielded an, an ineligible player in games played on October 6th, 7th, 13th, 14th, 20th, and 21st. The result of that is a forfeit for all of those games, two of which were against UBC. As a result, the standings have changed, and UBC are now in a playoff spot. This is big news for UBC and may give life to the rest of the season, which the last time we talked to you guys seemed all but lost. The Thunderbirds men's team opened their second half of the season against the team that eliminated them from the playoffs last season and the team whose forfeited games catapulted them into fourth place, the Calgary Dinos. Raymond Gruel scored on UBC's first shot of the game for his first ever U Sports goal, but that was the only action of significance in the first frame. Adam Cambiets tied the game for Calgary in the second, and the Dinos took the lead halfway through the third from Riley Sheen. It looked like the Dinos were going to end up with win in one of the closest Thunderbird games of the season, but a power play goal from top scorer Austin Vettel with just over two minutes remaining sent the game to a scoreless first overtime period. Just over a minute into the second overtime, Nick Buonasisi, mostly known for his assists, scored his second of the season to win the game and snap the streak for the Thunderbirds. UBC had to settle for a split after the Saturday game. They lost 4-2. Michael Stenerson tied the game at 1 in the second, and Carter Popoff tied it at 2 in the third. But the Dinos pulled away in the third, with new ex-ECHL recruits Tyler Coulter and Ryan Graham each scoring. And thank God this streak is over. It looks like whatever happened with this Calgary uh, mix-up with the uh, illegal player, basically, has now lit a fire within the UBC Thunderbird team, and they've, they've got a shot all of a sudden. Yeah, one of the reasons for that is they finally managed to get that shot count down. In the first game, they had 33 shots against, 28 in the second game. Obviously, those don't sound like incredible numbers, but compared to what they were at the start of the season, a big improvement. Obviously, they didn't win both the games of the weekend, but even just winning one is a great start for the new year. And this defensive play that we're seeing from the Thunderbirds now, such a big improvement, such a big improvement, and... Now that they've got it down, the other aspects of their game can really come to life and give them a, uh, a good run here coming up to playoff time. Yeah, we're definitely a far ways away from earlier in the season when they were giving up 57 shots a game. This is excellent play from the Thunderbirds, and I really hope that they can you know, continue on and maybe fight for a playoff spot again. And now, I think as well, the other element to the game that's gone really improved, thanks, I think, in a big part to the defensive uh, effort, is Matt Hewitt. he come out second day not quite as fresh as he would on the first, but because that shot count is coming down, it seems like he's doing a lot better job. And even now, you can get Ryan Toth into that second game, and he seems to be doing a good job too. All coming again back to that great effort on defense, bringing that shot count way down. Yeah, I think Toth lost a lot of games in the start of the season, but I think that was more the defensive issues than actually Toth's play. And that's why, despite the fact that um, it wasn't really down to Toth, he's he's been starting less. Um, they've been opting for a non-rested Matt Hewitt instead. 
But, I mean, Toth's not a bad goalie. He's ex-WHL. He posted a 9-12 in the WHL just two seasons ago. I think it was just bad luck with the defense. I think we could see him come back into games more and have his record improve. Yeah, and it's good that they have momentum now. And even better, next week, they're playing Regina, who are at the bottom of the league. So, golden opportunity for Thunderbirds to maybe grab two wins next week and get even more momentum going. Yeah, and uh, due to Calgary's forfeits, they're now four points out of a playoff spot. The standings look like this. Alberta and Saskatchewan are at the top, 31-29. Manitoba has 24, and then there are three teams tied at 17, one of them being UBC, and that makes up the last three playoff spots. Um, Calgary is four points back off of that. With 13 points, they're in seventh place. And the top six teams make the playoffs, so it looks like UBC will get to play some postseason hockey. Um, But if they slip up again like they did first term, they're going to have a trip to the Prairies that might cut the postseason short. But, you know, we can't know. UBC looks better now, and uh, it might be some exciting uh, playoff hockey later in the season. Weird incident, but whatever it was, UBC's on a roll, so. Yeah, for sure. Good for them. Yeah. The the women's team scored five goals this weekend <clears throat> and allowed zero. They've been getting ridiculous goaltending of late. Uh, the first game this weekend, though, was a defensive clinic. Yeah, McLash was great, as always. She's, you know, one of the best goalies in the league, but she didn't really have a lot of work to do because the Dinos were held to just eight shots all night long as McLash picked up her second shot of the season. We mentioned penalty trouble uh, last show for this women's team. They had to kill five penalties in this one, which is a lot more than you would like, but they allowed zero shots on all five of those power plays. Jaden Cook's third of the season was the first goal in the game winner. It was a low-scoring affair. The only other goal would be an empty netter from Shaley McConnell to seal it. The Saturday game was still a fantastic shutout win for other UBC goaltender, uh, Amelia Bone. Uh, goals from Cassandra Vilgrain, Hannah Clayton Carroll, and Matea Fisher won the game for UBC. They allowed over twice as many shots as they did on Friday, but still just 19, which is pretty solidly below average. Good game for UBC. Good weekend for UBC. With the pair of wins over the weekend, the Thunderbirds are within a point of Manitoba, who seems to be their only real competition in this conference. Uh, they, they split a series earlier in the season uh, before the winter break, and those two teams just real neck and neck at the top. Yeah, and if the Thunderbirds are able to make a big push in the playoffs, it's probably going to be cut be because of this incredible defense again eight shots allowed in an entire game zero shots allowed on five power plays that like you're not that's not supposed to happen opposite of the men's early in the season yeah Yeah. i was gonna say like the men's team could have learned a thing or two from this women's defense and maybe they did maybe we don't know because they played better last weekend last friday night uh brought about an unfortunate outcome for the red hot men's volleyball team as the manitoba bison stunned them in a five-set duel Thunderbirds went to the game carrying a six-game home winning streak, which was broken after an early lead pushed Manitoba to the eventual 3-2 win with set counts 20, 25-15, 25-23, 23-25, 13-25, and 15-13. Throughout this game, the Thunderbirds really struggled with errors. There was a lot. A uh, total of 33 through the five-set match, which is way too high. That's that's up in the clouds, right? Like You can't, you can't win games with that kind of error. Uh, count. In the first set, the Thunderbirds were caught completely off guard, and they got steamrolled 25-15. They did recover a bit in the second, as Keith West, who had game-high 15 kills, gave them a 15-12 lead, but clawing their way back were the Bisons. They tied it up at 22-all. Kevin Nagus uh, gave Manitoba a kill, which led to a 25-23 set victory, and they took a sudden 2-0 lead against the Thunderbirds, who I think were really caught off guard, and coming back from that hollow break, holiday break, um, just weren't fully prepared. After finding themselves down uh, 6-3, that's the Bisons, after the exchange of two different five-point, excuse me, 
The third had the Thunderbirds jumping to the lead, but then the Bisons uh, had two different five-point runs, which really kept them in the game. After numerous lead changes in that third set, the two teams exchanged four straight service errors, which plagued the Thunderbirds all game. Um, and then finally, the Thunderbirds found a bit of luck between Ketarakis and Brar, who closed out that set in their favor. Fourth set wasn't close, destruction against the Bisons. Um, and then in the fifth set, you would think because it was 25-13, fourth set victory for the Thunderbirds, there would be some momentum, but it didn't happen. The serving and receiving errors killed the Thunderbirds, and Manitoba upset them in that Friday night match. Yeah, um, uh, the it's just rust, I think, honestly, like errors, things like that. Those are definitely part of something that like, when you come back from a break, you're not exactly playing your best. Um you know, aces as well, reception errors, things that you just normally do automatically, but maybe if you're not prepared um, after a break, then they just don't come off the way you'd like them to. Yeah, and it was really a big night for Keith Webb, who has um, contributed 15 kills, two aces, and five dig lead the whole team, followed by Joel Regeer with 10 kills, five blocks, and um, they really stand out in the performance throughout that not-so-very-good game for the UBC. Yeah, I mean, and a lot of players had pretty decent games. Keith West had one of his better performances of the season with 15 kills and five digs. Joel Regeer had 10 kills and five blocks. Um, Brar had a decent game, not one of his best. 13 kills, eight digs, which is good for Brar, and four blocks. But uh, Ketarakis, the setter, um, not his best game of the season, um, and that may have been due to the that might have been on the errors, that might have been on just the general unpreparedness. But I mean, you know, what can you do? Ketarakis is a focal point for the team. When he's not on, it's hard to get some of the other pieces moving. Saturday was a very different story for the Thunderbirds after, suffer after suffering that upset. Um, they came out strong, and in big part, again, thanks to Alberta transfer Keith West, who led the way uh, in the first set with five kills and two digs, pushing the Thunderbirds to a 25-18 set win. In the second, the Bison squad seemed to be well on their way to a victory, leading 18-11. to It seemed we'd have a replay of the same storyline from the night before, but the Thunderbirds used multiple weapons in first-year Finn McCarthy with five of his game-high 12 kills, as well as setter Byron Ketarakis, who came back in this game and really put out a great performance. Um, he put up some aces in that uh, comeback, and they only allowed three more points the whole rest of that set for the Bisons, and they, they took that set 25-21 in a crazy run. And then finishing up the night, the Manitoba Bisons' Scott Verkane and Kevin Nagus were the primary opponents in that third set. They were going back and forth, putting up some uh, good offensive chances for the Bisons, but it was second-year Jordan DeShane's timely kills and Joel the Rejector Regeer, who had a great offensive performances both both games this weekend, who uh, put in a little offensive muscle and got the win for the Thunderbirds. Yeah, it wasn't really a game for Urban Bra, especially when he finally had the off game, which is not being too far... Um, like only contributing uh, two kills or yeah for the night and um, but it wasn't really a lot of thing to worry about because of his solid game on Friday night the takeaway was um, is the only the other players on the team stepping up yeah for sure Liz um, the Irvin Bry didn't have his best game but when when your star has an off night you want the the other players to step up and you know make up for it and Finn McCarthy did amazing Finn McCarthy um a rare start for him uh, in for the injured Matt Guidi. Um, Keith West had another monster game. Jordan DeShane, another uh, player who doesn't get to start all that often coming in. Uh, Joel Regeer, as you said, Jacob. 
Um, and the, their energy. I mean, it was just such an exciting game to watch. Me and Jacob had the pleasure of bringing you this one live on CITR. Um, it was just a fantastic game um, to watch, and really, you could feel the energy in the building. Um, Big difference from Friday night. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Byron Ketarakis also had a great game, which is good considering his game previously wasn't excellent. Um, 41 assists, six digs, four aces in just three sets. And, you know, he's now um, first in Canada West with uh, 0.75 aces per set, uh, coming in second assists per set at 10.28. The Thunderbirds travel to Winnipeg to take on the Westmen next week. Uh, should be a good game as they are near the top of the Canada West standings. We're going to take a quick listen in to what head coach Kerry McDonald had to say about the men's performance. Yeah, he had a, just a lower body injury. Um, yeah, we're anticipating he'll be okay for next week. But, uh, okay. And uh, we also see uh, Urban War also stepping down a bit in today's game and last night's game. So, like, uh, is there any, like, changing, like, starters plan, or...? No, we've, no, that's been our lineup, you know, for most of the year, and uh, we don't ma- plan on making too many changes unless there's an injury, so... Oh, okay. So, you know, it's just, like, does it have, like, very good condition? Yeah, he didn't have a good, as good of a weekend maybe uh, attacking as normal, but yeah. um, he did a lot of other things in the game really well, I thought, so... Okay. And we also see Finn McCarthy and... Yeah, I was really happy with how Finn did coming in as a rookie and, and hasn't started and he came in and replaced Guidi. Um, yeah. And yeah, I thought he did a great job, uh, especially tonight, you know, was excellent and uh, really happy to see, see him having success. Yeah, and uh, lastly, we were not able to win the game, but today we see the key, uh, team coming back very strongly. Mm-hmm. And what do you think has changed between these two games, like speaking from momentum and yeah. technical-wise? Yeah, I don't think last night we played anywhere near our best volleyball, especially for the first two sets, and it took us a while to kind of get into it. Um, and then, and the credit to them, though, I thought last night they played really good volleyball. Yep. Uh, tonight, though, we were just cleaner in execution all around in, yep. every, in, in every statistic, yep. and, uh, yeah, that was really the difference. Okay, uh, what do you think we should improve this year, if any, and, yeah, what kind of expectation do you have for the team? Uh, we have really high expectations and we set really high goals with our group. So we're a group that we want to be at nationals and we want to be contending for a championship. So um, that's what we're trying to do, and we're just trying to get better every week in order to make that happen. Thank you. Thank you. You were listening to Coach Kerry McDonald of the men's volleyball team. We're going to take a look over at what the women brought this past weekend, Liz. Yeah. The women's team started off the new season uh, with two decisive wins after a straight three-side game on Friday, followed by a long rally on Saturday. The girls successfully raised their record to a 12-2 overall, bumping their winning streak to sixth, as well as holding their seat at the top of the league. Unlike men's team's performance, the women's team put on a very great show on Friday. The strong power brought by the Manitoba Bisons pushed the Thunderbirds to show their A-game. Although the T-Birds were able to close the game in three sets, the Bisons extended each set to a fairly long rally. The final set score for this game were 27-25, 26-24, and 25-23. Both teams made the game intense in the very beginning of the, in the first set by adding power blocking and frontal attacking. With a massive at- attack air efforts from Manitoba's Jocelyn Coswin and Tari Stutler, the Thunderbirds fell short and resulted in a series of um, attack errors. The Bisons were slightly ahead in the points throughout the first part of the game, but UBC soon took control thanks to more consistent g- gameplay and a higher hitting percentage at 0.196 over 0.143. The second set was truly a point-to-point rally, with neither team taking a 
lead greater than two points. The Bison once pushed the game to 22 to 24, yet UBC managed to score four points in a row and successfully came the second set in, at 26 to 24. The third set, when the UBC's favor, as the team kept a small two-point lead throughout the whole, um, not so really, um, most of the frame. Attacks from Kevin Reich and Olivia Furland solidified UBC's victory over the visitors. The T-Birds finally closed out the game at 25 to 21. UBC's captain, Alessandra Gentile, did her job pretty well as she led the whole team's rhythm attack with 42 assists in that game. Yeah, and Kira Van Rijk, uh, excellent as always. 15 kills, one ace, one dig. Um, second in U Sports, obviously, in both kills and kills per set. She's been excellent. That third set of the game was played a bit cleaner by both sides. UBC put up a .395 hitting percentage compared to Manitoba's .391. UBC doing a good job, though, coming out strong and working together as a unit to get that win. Yeah, and uh, for Saturday's game, it was even more dramatic than the previous one. The Bisons came back really strongly from last day and widened up the an early gap from 13 to 9 to 20 to 11. UBC couldn't serve under pressure and lost the first set at 17 to 25. In response to the Bisons attack, UBC regrouped and joke uh, a jeering 15 to 6, then 21 to 9 lead. In the second set, the Thunderbirds dropped 11 kills, and senior outside hitter Victoria Bihi closed out the game at 25 to 11 with a strong kill. The third set was also in UBC's favor. The Thunderbirds doubled up the kills from the, outside, the other side and took the hitter percentage up to 0.314 over the Bison's 0.091. Victoria Bihi put up a deja vu kill and finished the set at 25 to 17. After two straight sets coming from the Frama, the Teepers took lead of the first and uh, were able to carry it until 7-3. And then three service aces dropped off by Manitoba's Sydney Booker shift the score to 10-8. UBC shrunk the deficit to 23-22, but failed to regain the lead, gaining, giving the Bisons the chance to play another set. The drama continuing the final set, Manitoba grabbed a three-point lead right away out of the gate and forced the head coach Doc Reimer to call a timeout. Thanks to second-year middle Gabrielle Atia, stepped it up and saved the team with two clutch kills, one tying it at 9-9 and uh, one leading up to a match point at 14-13. She then put up an end to the thrilling night with a match-clinching block. Yeah, uh, Kira Van Rijk, again, excellent, um, led the team in stats, uh, 16 kills, three aces, two blocks. And Olivia Ferlin had a great game as well with 13 kills, two aces, and one block. Gabby Atia might not have lit up the stat book, but she did a great job there in that final set, uh, coming up twice and made sure UBC got that win at the end of the night. Manitoba team uh, had an interesting stat book. The two twin sisters, Keely and Josie Abbott, uh, dominated for them. Keely put up 15 kills and 14 digs. Really strong night for her. She's one of the best... Uh, if not the best player on the team, and her sister followed behind with six kills and 15 digs. Yeah, and Liz got a chance to speak with uh, head coach of the women's team as well, Doug Reimer, and we're going to take a listen to that right now. First, congratulations on the game. And uh, we saw in the first that the team has some flaws. Uh, what do you think is being improved? <laughs> flaws, that's a good one. I like uh, that. Yeah, in the, in the most, like, in the following sets in comparison to the first one. Yeah, uh, let's see. First set. That's quite a while ago now. Um, I, I think Manitoba made some good adjustments from the Friday night, and uh, we didn't respond well to that. And generally, just quite, I'd use the word flat, like just emotionally flat. And the consequence was just the execution wasn't good. I don't think we were playing very well as a group at that time. 
Okay, and uh, there, there were also two dramatical chaining points in the game. Yeah, in the second one and the fourth one, how do you think... Just overall, in the sets, you mean? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, how do you think the team has handled it? Um, well, obviously pleased in the second set that... Uh, so we just served served considerably better. And in the second second set, we made no hitting, no hitting errors in the whole set. So just those two things helped us a lot. Fourth set, I would view a little bit, but we had our chances probably. To, we had a lead at the start and didn't didn't assert ourselves and put them away. And so that's that's the biggest thing we needed to raise our our game. We got very tentative attacking the ball and serving as well. Yeah, and um, so like overall, like the team is making a very great like opening this year, and also it's ranked first in Canada West right now. So it's likely to see the team is going to aim for a deep run in the playoff. What kind of expectation do you have in the new year? Uh, just, I mean, obviously we're happy with the win because there's a lot of teams. Put it this way: Look, a team like Manitoba yeah. that just pushed us really hard has a losing record, right? So I think we will. We have to keep improving, and we. This point in the season, it's about can we make our execution, and just more consistent in terms of what we're doing all the time. Um, and you know, there's a lot of parity in our league, so we're not really worried about playoffs right now. We have a lot of league play to go. Cool. Sounds good. That was head coach of the women's team, Doug Reimer, who's in his 21st season with them. We're going to take a quick break for ads. We'll be right back. Ryan, Fashionu. Throws to the back of the end zone, and it is caught for a touchdown! Do those moments thrill and exhilarate you? Do you want to be a part of the excitement? Join the CATR Sports Collective. The show airs every Thursday at 3.30 p.m. and live broadcasts volleyball and basketball games at the War Memorial Gym. We need collective members like you to host color commentary and talk all things UBC sports. Everyone is welcome and there's no experience necessary. Email volunteer at citr.ca to get involved. Hey there. My name is Callum Ng, the Executive Director of BC Athlete Voice. We are an athlete-focused organization helping British Columbia's athletes become their best. How do we do that? Well, if you're a BC athlete, we can help you with pretty much everything related to leadership, advocacy, and education. For example, we can help you find funding, start a new athlete group, or develop better public speaking skills. It's all at bcathletevoice.ca. And don't forget to look for us on Twitter and Facebook by searching BC Athlete Voice. Check it out. Welcome back. A uh, quick note before you t we take you over to basketball. Um, another Whitecaps residency player has committed to UBC for the upcoming soccer season. The Vancouver Whitecaps residency is a fantastic academy program in this city that's developed so many quality players for both the Vancouver Whitecaps MLS team as well as UBC. Canada West Rookie of the Year, Victory Shimbusho, was a teammate of our new signing, defender Daniel Kaiser, at Whitecaps residency. Shimbusho was a fantastic addition to the Thunderbirds attack last year, and it'd be great to see if the next Whitecap export can find success here at UBC. 
Kaiser will become a second-generation Canada West soccer player. His father, Bert Kaiser, played for U of A as well as in the Canadian Soccer League. Men's soccer is going to be really strong next year. It'll oh, be yeah. fun to look forward to. And it was so exciting last year, or this, this year, so it'll be an interesting 2018. Uh, four Thunderbirds have been named to Canada's 2018 Commonwealth Games team. Racewalkers Evan Dunphy and Ben Thorne will join javelin thrower Liz Gleedal and high jumper Mike Mason at the Games, which will take place April 4 to 15th in Gold Coast, Australia. All four won NAIA individual outdoor event titles while competing for UBC. Yeah, moving on to basketball, there haven't been any Canada West games since we left off in December, but both the men's and women's team hit the road over the break, with the men playing in Las Vegas and the women traveling to Cuba. In Vegas, the men's team played two NAIA squads, Arizona Christian University and Morningside College. In the first match, the Thunderbirds fell to Arizona Christian, 75-67. to Mason Borsay had 10 points, 4 rebounds, 3 assists, while Connor Morganet put up 10 points and 7 rebounds in just 13 minutes of action. Luka Zaharievic and Grant Odu each added 9 points as well. But the Thunderbirds were able to bounce back in the second match, beating Morningside behind a big performance from, surprise, surprise, Connor Morgan. <laughs> He had 23 points, 9 rebounds, 3 assists, 3 blocks, and 2 steals in almost a usual all-around performance for him. <laughs> Patrick Simon added 15 points, 5 rebounds off the bench, while Zahari Avic and Taylor Brown each chipped in with 9 points. The Thunderbirds' biggest strength this season has been their offense, and it's hard to say how much of these games you can really weigh in because may have got some different looks and different strategies, I think, going into these games, but they did struggle. Um, they shot only 38% from the field and 56 from the line, which is low. That was against Arizona Christian. Um, it was an eye-popping performance, but I don't think it should matter too much for this hot UBC men's team. Yeah, and it's an exhibition game. They're not giving their all out there. They're giving a decent chunk of their all, but not the whole thing. And it's good for them to still be playing. We saw what not having games can do to the uh, men's volleyball team as they lost and they dropped their win streak. We're going to hope that doesn't happen to the men's basketball um, and they're playing a really tough opponent uh, coming up in Lethbridge who are just behind them in the standings, so it's going to be an important series. Yeah, the Pronghorns are currently third in Canada West, right behind UBC and Alberta, and they're the second highest scoring team in the conference behind UBC. They've definitely going to be a team to watch out for. After that, the Thunderbirds have a fairly soft schedule to end the regular season. They play McEwen and UBC Okanagan, who are two of the four bottom teams in the conference, to close out January. And then they end the regular season with a home-and-home series against Victoria, who are currently in ninth and fighting for a playoff spot. On the women's side, they travel to Cuba for a week-long trip where, along with the expected sightseeing and some touristy fun, they played a couple of exhibition games against local athletes, some of whom are members of the Cuban national team. Unfortunately, we don't have box scores results for any of these matches, but hopefully both the games and the rest of the trip helped rejuvenate a team that really needed this sort of break. They left on a low note, to say the least. Five straight match losses heading into break, so... Whether they needed that little bit of fun in Cuba, hopefully it starts something where they can get some wins um, in 2018. Yeah, well, I hope they had fun. I hope those mysterious basketball games went okay. <laughs> um, Lethbridge are their opponents this weekend. They're fourth in Canada West. They're a really deep team. They got scores all over the court from all positions. Nobody on the Pronghorns averages more than 13 points per game, but seven players average over seven and a half. Yeah, from there, like the men's side, they'll play some lighter opponents. But, of course, given where they are in the standings, every game is a crucial game, and they can't take anyone lightly. Yeah, looking at what we've got coming up this weekend, um, women's volleyball will visit Winnipeg. Uh, men's ice hockey will visit Regina. Men's basketball, or rather women's basketball, will visit Lethbridge, as we just told you. Men's basketball, or men's volleyball, also visiting Winnipeg. Um, 
sorry, men's volleyball visiting Winnipeg, men's basketball, as we told you, visiting Lethbridge. Um, women's ice hockey will host Regina. Um, on the weekend, we have, um, uh, on, on Saturday, we have uh, a track and field meet at the University of Washington. Um, we've got women's ice hockey, again, same t- opponents, as well as the same opponents for women's basketball, men's hockey, women's um, volleyball, men's volleyball, and men's basketball. The track should be interesting. We have a really strong team last year, winning a few NAIA titles. Should be great. And in the next two weekends, looking beyond uh, just this week, we have some really big games coming up. Uh, on the, I believe it's the 19th, we have the UBC's uh, famous ice hockey <laughs> night where lots of fans pour into the stadium. And that should be great. Uh, get some attention and give the team some deserved respect that I think both not only women's but now men's uh, really deserve. Yeah, and that might be exactly what they need if that men's team needs a big boost to sort of close out the season and uh, you know head towards a playoff spot. Thank you all for tuning in to CITR 101.9. The upcoming show will be Intersections, hosted by the Gender Empowerment Collective here at CITR. For Thunderbird Eye, this has been Jacob, Eric, Jake, and Liz. Happy 2018, and tune in next Thursday from 3.30 to 4. Have a great rest of your day. Smoking that good shit. Smoking that good shit.